Good morning once again, everyone, and welcome to All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9 WJRS. I'm Jeff Hoover in the studio with co-host Tony Kerr this morning, and we're very excited about our program as we are going to welcome to All Things Russell here in just a few minutes, uh, Byron Crawford. And Tony, uh, uh, cer- certainly uh, someone who knows Kentucky. Oh, he's been to every part of the state uh, <laughs> several times over. You know, Jeff, I was as we were talking with Byron yesterday, uh, he's covered a lot of areas. But he started in radio in his hometown in Stanford, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, he goes to Cincinnati and Louisville, then he gets into TV, and then uh, he gets with the newspaper, the Courier-Journal, and uh, is writing for them for over 25 years. Yeah. Uh, and what a great article that was. Uh, he was just traveled around, but uh, he's got all, he's had all the bases covered, hasn't he? He, he, he really has, and, and what I liked, uh, we, as we were talking with him yesterday, uh, just about your passion and my passion for radio and both of us growing up in it. And his comment to me and you was, we were talking about radio, he, most fun he ever had in yeah. his professional life yeah. uh, was working at radio. And uh, we can certainly relate to that. Um, but, yeah, he he's seen so much and met so many people across Kentucky and uh, just a, a fascinating individual with lots of stories. Great stories. Oh, my gosh. And he's going to share some of those this morning about – his visits to Russell County. And oh, yeah. uh, as you know, back in the early mid-80s when you were working here full-time and doing the trading post, he happened to be driving through and listened to the trading post. And, well, he listened all the time when he was yeah, here. And, yeah. and was just fascinated by it and, and uh, kept coming back and listening and had conversations with you about it. And uh, So we're looking forward to talking to Byron. We're going to do that here um, in just a few minutes this week, Tony. Here in Russell County, school back in session yesterday for kids to attend uh, in person, and that certainly uh, was something welcomed, I think, by most everyone. It was, and, uh, you know, the only place, I think, for these children to be to learn is, and we've said it, in the classroom, and now they're going to go four days a week. So, uh, uh, you know, Jeff, we hopefully can see the light at the end of the tunnel. we got a ways to go yet on this pandemic, but uh, I think a big thing is getting these children back in school and getting them learning back on a regular schedule, and that was just such welcome news for for so many people. It's been a long haul, and uh, hopefully get these kids ready. Well, vaccines are being distributed and uh, getting good reports. Lake Cumberland District Health Department, uh, Russell County Health Department, uh, primary care, uh, all of these folks here in the community, Cumberland Family Medical and others who are making the vaccines available. Now some local pharmacists uh, have some of the vaccines. Yeah, I got mine on uh, Monday, and I can report no effects. That's uh, great. Just uh, got it. Jeff, it was so easy. I didn't even know the sh- they, they were putting a Band-Aid on me. And so I'm going to give uh, a shout-out to Russell Springs Pharmacy and Sherry Lorihelm. Thank you all. Uh, Jackie got hers, too. We're in Group 1C, so we waited, and uh, we appreciate it very, very much. But uh, you can just tell uh, people are you know more optimistic. Well, I sense from people in the community uh, springtime is knocking at the door. Time, time changes time this weekend. Time changes this weekend. Folks know there's going to be more daylight later in the day. Um, warmer weather. The vaccines are being distributed. Folks are feeling better about that. Um, district basketball for high school starts next week. It's always an exciting time. So I sense among the people, certainly uh, for me as well, uh, just some positive attitudes. Mentally, emotionally, uh, people feel better right yeah. now. And uh, I started planting my garden this week. How about that? Well, I'm got- glad because you usually <laughs> give me a lot of stuff, so I appreciate that. Got, got the cold weather things in the ground. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, three rows and uh, of things going. Cabbage, uh, kale, let's see, asparagus, and or not asparagus, but uh, broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, and uh, getting ready to do some onions here before long. So, you know, those cold weather things, you can go early. Yeah. But I've, I've never planted this early, so uh, the ground worked good, and we had all that dry days after all that rain, so, uh, and uh, Jack. She wants to fill that thing up, so we're we're getting a good start on it. I'll have plenty of kale, let me tell you, (laughs) if it turns out. Well, that's great. 
Okay, Byron Crawford is on the phone uh, with us, and again, uh, we welcome Byron uh, to our program. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jeff and Tony. How you doing? Hello, Byron. Yes, good morning, both of you. Yeah, good morning. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. We can hear All you. All right, you missed my first hello, but I'll give you another one. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We're glad to have you this morning, and uh, as we talked yesterday, shared a little bit of that with our listeners while ago. Uh, looking forward to all the stories, but I know uh, we want to get a little background about Byron Crawford, how you got started, where you got started, your hometown, home county, Lincoln County, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I don't think it's very interesting, but I'll be glad to tell you uh, <laughs> what I've what I can tell you about it, uh, I am a Lincoln County native, uh, grew up between Stanford and Danville on US 150 there on a on a small family farm and uh, along Hanging Fork Creek. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, the very earliest days. Uh, and then uh, just did, uh, you know, routine... Uh, little farm family farm stuff uh, we raised tobacco and milked cows and baled hay and, and raised a little corn and cattle so uh, that was my early background but about uh, age 16 after a career day at uh, school you remember those oh yes yep. no, those were those were popular yeah, they'd have a little career day, and they'd have uh, small towns like Stanford. I went to Stanford High School. Uh, people ask where I went to uh, when they get into a college crowd, and they ask where I went to school. I tell them I graduated from Stanford. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and hope they don't ask any more questions. Yeah. But uh, they had a career day, and uh, the radio station was there, the local radio station, and... Uh, two or three other places around there, and uh, told I went in that class because I like to listen to the radio. And uh, before long, they had us up at the little radio station. There weren't too many of us. And they said, you all can sit down here and take some wire copy, Associated Press wire copy, and, and see how you like reading the news. So, I, you know, there were several of us that did it, and... Um, when I read it, the guy said, I read it the way I thought they did on, you know, on radio, the ones I'd heard. And uh, one of the owners of the station said, hey, you might you might be interested enough in this. You'd like to come up and, and sit in and observe us, and and you might, uh, you might work into something. So long story short, that's how I got into the radio business. And pretty soon I was uh, doing the news. And then, uh, one of the disc jockeys, uh, took a vacation and I filled in for him and got offered a job that next day from the station in Danville and went over there, uh, eventually and worked as a disc jockey. Hmm. And then that's how it all started with me. So, you, you uh, know, it's interesting, Byron, you, you talk about, um, reading from the associated press wire, I'm old enough, and none of the employees here today certainly are old enough to remember, but I can, when we had the Associated Press teletype, and yeah. it was at one end of the uh, office here, and we would run down the hallway and rip that news off, whether it was national or state. What I did as a kid, I loved coming to the radio station because my dad would save some of those sports reports, you know, that came in every couple of hours, and I got to yeah. keep up with what was going on from the AP. <laughs> right. Uh, that, and we had to enclose that Associated Press wire machine, teletype, which made that, uh, well, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the background noise you hear in the old movies of, of uh, the teletype machine. And Very we had distinct. to enclose that in a little booth because it made so much noise. Yes. Uh, yep. You remember that. And yep. uh, I still grow, Jeff, I still grow my, uh, the, the fingernail on my four, uh, uh, index finger, uh, forefinger, uh, to uh, rip that paper off the, the wire. <laughs> you could, you could kind of crease that and rip it. And that's where you got the term rip and read. That's in right. The, rip in, and in read. the radio business. Anyway, that was the early beginning for me. And, uh, 
Of course, when I came through uh, Russell County, I tuned into uh, your stations, and uh, I knew your dad from more more from reputation uh, than than knowing him personally. But we did cross paths at at two or three uh, things that that we were both involved in. Byron, you had a, a career not only in radio, but uh, you moved into TV and then newspaper. You covered all mediums. So uh, tell us about that. I know you worked in Cincinnati in radio and then at uh, uh, Clear Channel, WHAS 84, and then uh, with uh, WHAS uh, Channel 11 in Louisville, and, uh, of course, with the Courier-Journal, which uh, puts you out there all over the place uh, in the state. <laughs> Well, I did, and and none of it was really planned, Tony. Uh, I I went from uh, uh, Danville Radio State. I went to Murray State for a little while until I realized that um, that I already knew um, too much to be going. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I realized I didn't know enough to be going down there. Anyway, um, I got um, back to central kentucky and radio and was working at richmond and got hired at uh w-a-k-y in louisville you remember that station oh wacky yep yeah that was when it was a.m 790 and yeah. uh, it was the uh rock and roll station uh, you know for much of this area of kentucky and had a great signal went all the way down into tennessee at one time and so, but I, in the meantime, I had worked as a disc jockey in Richmond, Kentucky, uh, that last job, and I decided that I didn't want to be a disc jockey anymore. I wanted to be a news guy. So uh, I did some news stuff for them when they called. Uh, there was a Westinghouse strike in Richmond, asked me to do a, a little, we called it a beeper report, just a phone report. And uh, they hired me as a newsman there at WAKY, and from there I went to Cincinnati to WCKY and, uh, and uh, covered oh a lot of court stuff and all kinds of things, even the Reds and, and Bengals, and came back to WHAS in 1973. This is radio, uh, just in time for the for the tornado in mm. 74, I think. Uh, covered it. Uh, I think I was on the air nine hours straight that 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 night, afternoon mm. and night, and uh, uh, moved to television after a while and stayed there for, I don't know, I, I think about, I stayed at WHAS radio and television for six years, and of course, then's when I started traveling around the state doing television stories about interesting people and places, and uh, before WHAS-TV, we called it on the road first, then we called it side roads, and it got syndicated into Tennessee and Ohio and uh, other places, and then moved to the Courier Journal in uh, set March of '79, and stayed there about 30 years as the Kentucky columnist, still traveling over all over the state, and that's when I really saturated uh, Russell County and and your area and and a lot a lot more of the state uh, now of course i write for kentucky living magazine i write the back page and i'm still doing stuff like that so <laughs> people ought to be tired of me by now and i ought to be tired of doing it but i keep on uh, byron what was it work uh, like working for the bingham family when you worked at uh, uh whas tv radio and for the courier journal uh, it was owned by the binghams what was it like working for them uh, you know, I, I thought it was, I, I thought they were a pretty, um, uh, upright bunch of people. Uh, I guess that's, a, that's an understatement. Of course, they were sort of aristocratic people. Um, I thought they were pretty fair-minded people. They were, uh, undeniably, uh, liberal in their, um, politics and their editorial stance, on things, and a lot of times I didn't agree with their editorial positions on things, but uh, I was in the great position of not being an editorial-type writer. I didn't have... All, my only agenda was just to showcase Kentucky. I was... And they told me that when I started there, uh, that that was what they wanted. Um, 
I tell you, though, there were things about the Binghams that came through to me that made me have uh, a, a lot of respect for them. I didn't have any kind of daily contact with them, even as much as the other people who worked at the Courier-Journal, uh, because I was out on the road all the time. I was rarely at the... There were people who worked there for five years who never saw me. <laughs> uh, I would go in and get film, and uh, when we that was when we were still using film. They gave me a Nikon camera, a couple of tape recorders, and a bunch of notebooks, and a four-wheel drive vehicle, and said, hit the road. Uh, <laughs> said, but, hit the road, uh, huh? But one of the this is this is a little something that's behind the scenes that probably nobody ever hears except someone uh, he- may hear it by accident as I did. Uh, I went um, I was in Paris, Kentucky, one night speaking to some some little group, and a woman came up after it was over and told me she had uh, she said I uh, want you to know that my father worked in circulation for the Courier Journal. They lived in in Paris, but she said he would meet the Courier Journal delivery truck every morning back when this paper went all over the state, and he would deliver it out to the little carriers. And she said uh, he died suddenly, leaving I think three children, and um, his mother, her mother, was relatively still young at that time. But she said, Mister Bingham Senior, Barry Barry Bingham Senior showed up at the funeral visitation in Paris and when uh, when he shook hands with my mother uh, he left in her hand a check that paid for the funeral the whole mm. everything and uh, she said from that moment on my mother drew his paycheck from the Courier Journal as though he were still working for the paper Wow um, when you hear things like that these days about people, it makes you realize that there were uh, that that there that they were people of honor. Right. They cared about they cared a lot about rural Kentucky. They would have the Courier Journal Farm and Conservation Awards every year in Louisville at one of the big hotels, and feed people from all over the state and give prizes for 4-H kids and FFA kids and and people who were good conservationists and who had, uh, you know, tree farms and things. And I didn't fully appreciate that until um, the company was sold and USA Today took it over, or Gannett. And, uh, of course, they're just um, another of those big corporate giants yep. who uh, who do things differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, the story last week is now that the Courier-Journal is no longer printed in Kentucky. It, yeah, I, I think I heard something about that. I'm not surprised at all about that. Uh, and that's uh, and of course the, the Herald Leader's been struggling too, with with all kinds of problems. So yeah, Byron, one uh, one of your trademarks I'm going to ask you about, uh, and this was mentioned by Charles Curalt. He wrote the foreword in your first book uh, about your camouflage hat. <laughs> Tell us about that. Did you always wear that, or just uh, how how did that become sort of a trademark there? You had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, when I was with WHAS-TV, uh, I, one day we were doing a TV piece for that my uh, side road show, and it was about a champion beagle town in Kentucky. And we were out there with some beagles. It was a, a really a bitterly cold day, and we wanted to get some footage of him, of him chasing a rabbit, and we wanted to hear the, you know, the the the, the dogs and and so forth. And I wore that hat just because it was cold, and and I had it there at the house. Next day, the news director. Uh, Tom Dorsey called me and said, Byron said, we've had people calling and wondering about your hat. How, you know, and he said, people really like that hat. Uh, he said, why don't you wear it a little bit uh, on the show? Uh, they will get a kick out of it. So I did wear it several more times before long. It just became one of those little things. You, you never know what's going to uh, mean something to people. And um, they kind of identified with it i guess at that time it was slouchy looking and it was 
you know, I had it pulled out all the way around, and um, it was an easy thing to to make um, caricatures out of for their promotional ads and and so forth, and and it got to be... um, it got to be a nice fixture uh, for me when I was doing TV. And even when I moved to the newspaper, they said, leave it on. And they used uh, my picture in the paper with my column with the hat on for a while until I think people began to, new readers came on. They didn't understand where the hat came from. So, But I'll tell you what, it's still, it's I could throw a rock and hit it from here. It's in a file cabinet drawer in there if the mice haven't gotten hold of it yet. <laughs> uh, but it it's uh, it's it's like me. It's lost its shape. <laughs> it's not color. What what? <laughs> Byron, we know that uh, in your travels, you were in Russell County many times and uh, met some interesting citizens and characters uh, in Russell County, and we'd like for you to. Share some of those stories with us about some of those individuals and some of your encounters and conversations here in Russell County. Well, uh, knowing that we were going to talk this morning, I, I jotted some some things down to to uh, that I could pull out of my memory, and then I looked up a couple of things in in some notes I had. I know that there were probably twice as many as what I could remember, but I've got. Uh, I, I, you know, I had a great time in, in Russell County. Uh, I don't know. There are some counties in the state that just seem blessed with uh, a little more colorful uh, lifestyles and characters and stories uh, altogether than than others. And at that time, when I was uh, working over Kentucky, which would have been from about... Uh, the mid nineteen, uh, early nineteen seventies, uh, until two thousand eight, when I retired from the Courier Journal, um, it just seemed that uh, Russell County was a a great place for for stories, and and and, and the counties around there too, the whole the whole region. Uh, I remember one guy uh, named Bristow Dell. Do you all have any recollection of his name? Yes. Oh yes! Oh yes! He was—he uh, was said to be the last uh, guide on maybe the Lower Cumberland. Uh, He—I think he was uh, uh, Charles Aaron, who used to be a gasoline distributor there in Russell Springs. I'm sure you all know him too, mm-hmm. and he's oh, yeah. well known. Charles said that Bristow was the best crappie fisherman <laughs> in, <laughs> in the United States. I don't know that—that that takes in a lot of territory, but. He's Bristol pretty good. was just, uh, he was a self-taught naturalist, and, and he he, had, he just learned it from being out there. Uh, I think he was one of the last guys to give up his place when they filled the lake up in the 1940s when they built the lake, and uh, if that's, if I'm right on that date. But anyway, he was just such a great character, and uh, he tickled me because when I was doing a story about him, he pulled a brown paper sack out of his uh, shirt pocket, um, and a twist of dried twist of Kentucky twist chewing tobacco, and crumbled that chewing tobacco up in that brown paper sack, rolled it up, and made the cigarette, and lit it. And of course, blue smoke uh, was so thick you could cut it with a knife. And Bristow said he he got started at that, but when he was out fishing, he said it. That smoke chases the mosquitoes away. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but any he told me a, a lot of good story. He told me about being asleep on a sleeping on a gravel bar with his buddy Orville Beck one night, and said he woke up and felt like something like an icicle was on his neck. Of course, they were just laying on the ground on a, probably a, a blanket or tarpaulin or something, and he said he realized what it was. It was. Uh, it was before he reached up to get it, it was a snake. And uh, it was going across the back of his neck. So he said he just laid right still. And, he, and Orville was sleeping a few right next to him there. He said, Orville, he said, lay right still. said, I've got a snake on my neck, and he's headed your way. <laughs> and he crawled over crawled across Orville, too. It was a little copperhead, he said, about a foot long. And uh, that was Bristow. But... You know, there's a great story. You remember, uh, did you all know Leonard Wilson? 
lawyer yes. uh, yeah. and, and judge. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Leonard, yeah. Leonard told me that Bristow got uh, arrested one night because there were three sisters that lived across from uh, from him, and uh, they had they took in every stray cat that came down the pike. And those cats would get under Bristow's house at night and squall and carry on something awful. <laughs> and they arrested Bristow for cat cussing one night. And uh, <laughs> he retained, at, Leonard was a lawyer at that time, They re, he retained Leonard, asked Leonard if he'd represent him well. Leonard got the case dismissed, of course. But uh, Bristow said, well, I'm going to pay you. And he said, uh, next day or two, Bristow showed up with uh, uh, a dressed rabbit that he addressed for him uh, and said, I want to give you this for representing me. And <laughs> Leonard said, of course, said he just he thanked him and uh, put the rabbit in the freezer. And he said, uh, several days later or weeks, uh, Bristow showed up at the house again at his office or house and said, uh, Leonard, I got thinking about it, said my conscience has been bothering me. He said, I didn't give you enough for representing me on that cat case. He said, I want you to have this other rabbit. And he gave him another rabbit. <laughs> 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 and, and of course, <laughs> of course, I love stuff like that. And Leonard Wilson loved it. And um, how could you not love stories like that? Oh, so yeah, yeah. That's the you kind know. of thing that... Uh, that just that that was kind of stuff that I made a living off of for thirty years or better, and uh, and 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 Russell County was had had some great characters in it. I don't know if you all. I think both of you. I know both of you are probably too young to have ever heard of Asa Shoal, and I am too. But I love a story about him. Uh, he had, I think, was around Jamestown, and um, can I tell this? Oh yes, yes. Anyway, he stayed around town with. And, and, and I don't think he ever was married that I know of, uh, and I never knew him uh, either. Uh, but they said that he would stay in different boarding houses and places where he could get a room and so forth. And he had stayed at one woman's place, and uh, she ran into him. But but he moved uh, pretty suddenly. And she ran into him on the street in Jamestown one day, and she said, Asa Shoal, I've been wanting to see you. She said, they tell me around town that you're saying the reason you moved out of my boarding house, that it was so nasty you couldn't eat up there. <laughs> he said, lady, I don't know who told you that, but they spoke God's truth. Uh, <laughs> she said, Asa Shoal, don't you know you've got to eat a little dirt before you die? He said, I know, but I don't have to eat it all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. I, just, I know uh, you, you mentioned Charles Aaron, and I know you visited with him on several occasions, and you know many of us remember Charles Aaron and what a colorful character and person he was, but I think you all developed a pretty good relationship over the years. Well, mine was kind of an inherited relationship. Uh, of course, uh, Charles loved to tell stories, and he was pretty good at it. And he loved to tell me about people who were good stories around Russell County. So he would he would do that. Actually, Russell, I mean, um, uh, Charles uh, was, I think, a better friend of Joe Creason, who wrote the column before I did, and, of right. course, who died. Uh, died very suddenly, and uh, but he wrote the the same column that I wrote, and uh, he he relied on Charles a lot for stories down in down in that area. So both of us had the benefit of knowing Charles Aaron, and uh, and Charles aimed us in the right direction of a whole bunch of stories. Listen, I've got people. I've got I can go down the list here, and we can do that if you want to from. Uh, uh, I wrote about Delmas Flat, of course, out at Creelsboro, and uh, he he was the last fellow who lived anywhere close to Creelsboro there at one time when it kind of became a ghost town, you know. Right. And he he remembered some of its heyday. Uh, mm -hmm. 
So I was uh, I, I wrote stories about uh, Delmas or DM uh, when I was with the newspaper, and then uh, when I was with uh, Kentucky Life on KET, I hosted that show for five seasons, and we did a piece on. They still show it with yep, DM seen Platt. It. Yeah, I did a story about Elsa Brummett out at Jabez. He was a character. Um, and um, Roberta Brown doesn't live in Russell County anymore, but uh, she is a writer of, of books and a storyteller, writes a lot of ghost stories. I think she lives in Louisville now, but she's uh, she's been a very successful um, writer of um of, of ghost stories and um, has some great stories about uh, that that she centers in sort of Russell County. Uh, and Byron, I will tell you, we had Roberta Simpson Brown on all things Russell back around Halloween. Uh, introduced her to a lot of folks who didn't know that she graduated high school here, was a native of Russell County, grew up here, and a lot of her stories, as you said center around growing up in Russell County and very, very accomplished writer. And uh, we had her on all things Russell around Halloween time. Oh, and she great. told some stories and it was really, really interesting. I loved I loved the the stuff that Roberta does and beyond that she's just a great uh, great person. She just uh, we get a Christmas card from her every uh, every year and she writes a little something just to catch us up on what's going on. Uh, I met her at a storytelling uh, con- uh, convention uh, years ago, or festival somewhere, and uh, have kept in touch ever since. I was writing, of course, I wrote about Silas Sullivan, and these are standard <laughs> great characters. You all know about yeah. him. You could tell me more stories about Silas than I than I know, but uh, does he his name ever come up much anymore around Russell County? It 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 does with some of the. Uh... Uh, older, older folks like myself <laughs> who have heard stories from Leonard yeah. Wilson and Bob Jack Wilson Miller. and Jack Miller yeah. and Lodge Coffee, who've shared with us as younger uh, members of the bar, they would share stories about Silas Sullivan. So uh, we really would like to do a story sometime on Silas. It's just going to take a lot of work and effort. But we'd love to hear some of your uh, reminiscences and remembrances well, I don't, of silence. I don't know uh, as many as you all would be able to gather, but in fact, Lige Coffee is the one who told me about Silas to okay. begin with, I think, and uh, gave me much of the information that I uh, ever had about him. I've written about him more than once. Uh, it just the way he handled himself, I, you know, uh, I'm sure that, People all over the county know about him, but he was one of those perennial candidates for office, wasn't he? I mean, he he was he, uh, he was one of eleven children uh, born in eighteen seventy eight uh, on the headwaters of Mud Lake, and uh, <laughs> read the congressional record every day. Uh, twice he ran for the U.S. Senate. Once he ran for lieutenant governor. Ran for circuit judge once. Uh, Commonwealth attorney twice. Right. Twice for county attorney, uh, died in Columbia uh, when he was 88 years old in 1966. But he just had uh, he he was a great orator, uh, and you know the evidently uh, uh, could hold his own with anybody in a debate. Uh, of course, there was that great stump speech that he was given at a church that time. Uh, when one of his buddies went with him, and um, he, uh, I've, I've got some of it right here, but I'm not going to. They they got there late. He and his buddy got there late, and he was at a church. His buddy took a seat on top of a pile of broken benches in the back, and Sullivan weaved his way to the front. And I think they might have had a little brandy before they got there. <laughs> That's the story. And, uh, of course, Silas was a uh, Republican, wasn't he? He was. Uh, yeah, he said, uh, he said the Republicans assembled in convention and nominated John C. Fremont, the great pathfinder. They adopted as their emblem the American Eagle. And, um, of course, his buddy was sitting on top of that, uh, that pile of benches in the back, 
tanked up pretty well. Salah said, she being too young to fly, the Democrats were victorious. Four years later, the Republicans again assembled in convention and nominated the immortal Lincoln, the greatest man born a woman since the Immaculate Lamb of God. This time, the noble bird stretched forth both her patriotic wings. She dipped her right wing in the yellow Atlantic, her left wing in the mild Pacific. She spanned the Gulf of Mexico with her mighty tail and dipped her majestic bill into the crystal waters of the Hudson Bay. At that point, the lecture was cut short when, uh, I won't name the, the, I won't name his buddy's name because I don't want his family might not want it. His buddy raised up and said, damn, what a bird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stories like that, stories like that followed Silas Sullivan everywhere. Uh, and there are just so many stories about the things he did, the advice he gave to one couple who asked him later in life if he would represent them. He, and although he wasn't a lawyer, he described himself as a, a lawyer without a, a library, a farmer without a farm. Uh, you know, uh, he, he, he was everything. But they asked him if he would represent them in a divorce case, and he said, no, I'll not represent you. I believe when two people get married, they ought to be made live together till they rot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Byron, he never, he never had a car. He walked or people gave him rides, and Jack Miller told me in the 1950s, and Jack was elected county attorney in 1953 and 1957, he would always give Silas a ride because that way Silas wouldn't say anything bad about him. But Jack was a Democrat, so Silas was running in the Republican primaries. But, boy, he would tear into the, the Republicans. And, uh, but oh. Jack said, give him a ride, and he, he'll be good to you. Yeah, he rode with some of his opponents. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think more than once they would give him rides when they were out campaigning. Listen, do you all ever have any uh, – has anybody ever brought up the goat man down there in Russell County? We, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen pictures. Uh, we've never really discussed it on the program, but we are vaguely familiar with the goat man. Well, he would come through Russell County. Now, he wasn't from there. Right. He was from down south, maybe uh, around Macon, Georgia, somewhere. But he would right. come through not just Russell County. He came through Kentucky. Um uh, uh, I remember seeing him one time come up Highway 150 when I was a, a, a boy, and uh, he w- he had a bunch of goats pulling a little rickety wagon. It kind of looked like a little covered wagon, and he'd have pots and pans and license plates and hubcaps and you name it hanging all over that wagon. But he might have, uh, you know, seven or eight goats pulling that, that wagon, and uh Alan Grider, who I think grew up in Russell County, maybe then moved to Glasgow or something, uh, used to tell me uh, about seeing um, the goat man down in uh, down in Russell County. That's just one of those forgotten kind of uh, postcards of, uh, of what life was like in the fifties uh, right. in some of some of that that area. Um, uh, let's see. Let me think of, um, I ran into, I knew two guys that you fellows might know, um, that I met when I used to stay so often at Lure Lodge out at the park, uh, Danny Foley and Kenny Vaughn. Do you ever know those guys? <laughs> we know yeah. them very well. We should know well, them very well. They would, uh, they would cross paths with stories. Uh, you know, they would see a story and they'd tell me about it. I remember Danny told me about uh, that gravestone, grave marker, that's in the middle of the golf course down there. And um, right. I wrote a story about that. I don't remember the story now, but I remember uh, Danny telling me the story. He told me about the man who placed the sign that said, Jesus is coming soon, the fellow who distributed those all over the all over the state and beyond. Uh, and so many stories like that. And, of course, I got to know people at uh, Coe's Steakhouse back then. And uh, was it the Pine Lodge down there on the edge of Jamestown? Uh, Pinehurst. Pinehurst Lodge. Pinehurst, Pinehurst Lodge. Yeah. I'd stay there once in a while. And uh, 
uh, Holt's Garage. Uh, yes. There was a what? Were, there was a Browns uh, service station up there, at Russell Springs, wasn't there? It, the, was there was. Uh, yeah. Gene Gene I, Wayne Brown still owns that. It's not Elmer. a service station okay. now. It's a. Uh, uh, he has a U-Haul business, but yes, right there at the yeah. junction. What was Gene's and daddy's name? Elmer. 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 Yeah, I knew Elmer. Uh, always, yeah. uh, you know, got to where you you knew people because you circulated so much. Where is the? Uh, let me ask you guys this: Where is? Where are the springs that Russell Springs is named for? There is hear- at the end of Main Street there in Russell Springs, what is called Calibiate Springs. And Russell Springs was first named, was really formed as a result of that spring there. And that's how Russell Springs actually began. Okay. All right. That helps me. Because I suddenly realized uh, when I was thinking about it that I don't believe I ever did a story about that. But they were uh, supposed to be health healthful springs weren't they they were mineral springs uh, that's right mineral, the mineral springs, springs. Yeah. There, there was actually yeah. what was called the long row there and when uh, the county was formed which is almost 200 years ago now uh, russell springs was at, originally called kimball that's right and uh, okay. then the name later changed to russell springs okay all right um i remember um you were talking uh about uh, plant the garden a while ago, Tony. I, I remember. I remember. These are just little snippets of things I remember from uh, passing through uh, Russell County. I remember stopping one time, and I actually took picture, and may have even written a story, but I think I just took a picture for the Courier Journal of a guy. It was early, like this, and he had put out some plants. It was not this early, but it was. Uh, early enough, he was worried about getting the frost, and he had he had somehow acquired a bunch of helmets. Uh, they all looked the same. They were white. They looked like <laughs> little crash helmets of some kind. And he had those <laughs> over his plants all down through the garden. <laughs> That's dedicated. It looked like it looked like a football team that had been buried up to their necks down through there. So. I remember stuff like that, that that sticks out at me. And then I remember there's a fella, and so help me, I can't remember his name right now. He lived on down toward, uh, on out toward the toward Lord Lodge, on down that road. And it seems to me that he told me about the need to try to preserve the home of Janice Holt Giles over in your neighboring Adair County there at Nifley, uh, when they were, it was being threatened with, you know, something was going to happen to it. And um, he told me about that, and uh, I've always appreciated that uh, because it was sort of a suspenseful time for that property. And uh, we got to work on it. Uh, I, I wrote a story about it, and I even put my name, uh, probably foolishly, on some uh, with three other people to buy that property. <laughs> Is that right? Just, just to try to save it, you know, for, uh, yeah. until we could do something with it. I shouldn't have done that because I didn't have uh, probably the money to even do it. But, um, but they, they did organize a, a good effort and saved it. Now, I don't know the status of it at that time, but this is... It's still preserved. This is to thank the fella who, and I need to... I'm getting a little rusty on names at this stage of the game, but he he brought that to my attention. That's the way things... Um, that's the way things work, and that's that brings back memories to me of, of Russell Springs. Of course, I've done stories about Steve Warner down there. I interviewed Steve in Russell County. And what yeah. a what a great star he he became in country music, and uh, I met Tom T. Hall at Alligator Two one day, and we went fishing, and I did an interview with him in a fishing boat out there. Uh, he told me about uh, I've interviewed Tom more than once, but that was the first time I'd ever interviewed him, and uh, he was funny. You know, Tom yeah, T. Hall used to 
He used to come to Russell County every year. Longtime state representative Raymond Overstreet had a houseboat party every year, and uh, he invited other legislators and lobbyists and folks from Frankfurt, and it was a it was a pretty big deal on uh, on Lake Cumberland. It's held up at Alligator Two, and Tom T. Hall would come and just sit around, pick, and sing, and they became friends, and that may have been one of the times you met him. That, that was one of the times. This was uh, either the day before or the day after he had he had done that, and I remember him yeah. telling me, I've been a fan of Tom T's work for a long time. I love The Homecoming, oh, one yes. of my favorite, favorite songs, mm-hmm. and of course, Old Dogs and Children's a great song, uh, too, one of my favorites, but uh, I asked him about about that he said that when he got started writing uh he stonewall jackson asked him to write a song about prison prison life and uh tom t said he wanted to write it uh but he said to his wife dixie he said i i'd love to write this song but i i'm i've never been in prison she said no but you've been in jail (laughs) 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 so he wrote (laughs) He wrote A Week or A Night in a Country Jail. You remember that song, don't you? Oh, yeah. And, a Week uh, in a Country yeah, Jail. He, he, yeah. It, is it A Week in a Country Jail? Is that yep. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he wrote that song based on his own experience, he said, and it became went to number one. And so he said, uh, he said I may be able to do something here. Uh, but uh, he's just an engaging, uh, laid-back uh kind of guy that uh, it's hard not to like him if you're around him i imagine you all have been around him and uh, i don't know what your impression was but tom t said to me he said i've developed a very simple philosophy he said if you got something to eat and a place to sleep uh rest is gravy so <laughs> that's pretty that's good kind of, yep. that's kind of his philosophy but all these things come back to me about russell county uh because that's where it happened with me and I've done stories yeah. about uh, oil wells down in that country, maybe out. Uh, I don't know if you have any. In, you, you have some in Russell County, don't you? Southern part. Yeah, the southern part down along the river adjoining Cumberland County. Uh, yeah. Not a lot, and, uh, but there has been. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, um, there was a, there's a story that haunts me that has a, a Russell County connection that I've never done, but it's a story that I felt that I missed. Somewhere in time, I got a letter from someone telling me about an older lady in Russell County who came to Russell County in a covered wagon from maybe the Virginias or maybe in Virginia somewhere. And so help me, I misplaced that piece of information and i never was able to link up i don't think with that uh woman but um that's one of those stories that got away from me somehow but that yeah. that was a russell county uh connection and of course i've done stories about the russell county uh community russell springs community theater which uh, had a great uh resurgence there and renaissance if you want to call it that um i remember coming down one time when Vern gosden was in jamestown you all oh yeah remember that the uh fourth of july celebration in jamestown yep. yeah yeah and i was asked yeah. to that was, great, that was a great show yeah gosh what a singer what a what a great singer Vern gosden was but i can just keep going with things like that uh I did something on a chainsaw carving. I did something on an older later uh, lady who lives out. Seems to me like she lived out in the direction of Webb Crossroads there somewhere, and I I, I took a uh, strictly by accident. I'm not much of a photographer, but I've taken thousands of pictures for stories. But she had. Uh, I, I got a picture of her with just a cluster of hummingbirds around her. Her face and her head. Um, she lived uh, out there on one of those roads out, you know, in a little farmhouse. Yeah. But uh, that kind of stuff and it comes back to me every time I go through Russell, Russell County. And, of course, 
not only was it a fertile county for for me uh, and has been and continues to be, but it was for Joe Creason, and it was for Alan Trout, who was a forerunner of Joe Creason's. Um, a fellow named Bert Acree of Jamestown used to write to Alan all the time, and W.L. Cravens was a favorite person that Alan would mention occasionally. I know he he would write to Alan about his pole beans, and <laughs> <laughs> Alan kind of dealt with the same kind of things that that I like, folklore, you know, that, that type of stuff. Right. So, uh, people ever give you anything from their garden? They will if you happen by at the right time. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had everything. I've, I've, I, there were people that I knew down there who would, uh, who would have gladly let me just come in and stay the night. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's how, that's how much you become acquainted with people through. Um, an association with what you've written or what you've had on TV or something like that. There was a a guy did a story on too, and I can't remember anything more about this except that he had built this tremendously long limousine. Does that ring any bells with you all? I remember that limousine years ago, but yeah, I mean, I, this I was don't. not just a limousine. A limousine's long enough, but this guy had put some more to it. It was it was. I mean, this was a nice looking car. Um, I had, um, I had, I must have used some people in Russell County to help me with this, uh, and I know you all have brought this story up. They call it the Adair County Diamond. Um, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, oh yes. That's, uh, in the Smithsonian? Yes. Uh, but it's, it's awful close to Russell County. <laughs> right. And, right. and, um. Uh, and and I know that over time, when I was writing about that, that uh, there were people who lived in Russell County who helped me with, uh, you know, some old old stories. Um, now, Byron, was was that found in Adair County, or was that found at Esto in Russell County? Or do you remember? I don't know. I I had it in my head that it was found on a cow path uh, right up there, close to the the county line. Do you know where it was found exactly? No, but I remember the story, and uh, a lot of folks, you know, if you, if you ever go to the Smithsonian, there is a diamond that was found in this area, and I believe, uh, Byron, it was found at Esto, which maybe uh, was in Russell County, but how well, that diamond go. got here uh, will forever remain a mystery. Uh, forever. Richard Blair, I, I remember uh, Richard Blair had done some research, and uh, you talked to Richard Blair. Yeah, I may have, uh, that may have been, uh, and it may have, it may well be uh, a Russell County uh, discovery, uh, because if it wasn't, it was just, it was just close. Uh, this diamond's supposed to be, oh, how big? Uh, uh, larger almost than a, a carat? pencil? About like a pencil eraser, something like that? Yeah, but it's very unusual, sort of shaped like a football. I, I remember the yeah. story that mm -hmm. you, uh, had done and and you actually had interviewed uh, the gentleman at the Smithsonian who was holding the diamond while you were talking to him and he was telling you about it. I asked him. I called him up there and I said, "Have you seen that diamond?" He said, "I'll <laughs> I'll go get it." And uh, <laughs> that amazed me with all the stuff they've got. And he said, "I'm sitting here holding it right now as I'm talking to you." He said, "That's right." He said, "It's kind of football shaped." He said, "It's a terrific stone." They wonder if it was dropped by a bird, a goose. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of. But didn't they say that it was found in a cow path uh, yep. back in a maybe a farm field somewhere, something like that? Gentleman was walking along this path and saw something shiny and picked it up, and he was on his way to the country store. And they started looking at it, and there just happened to be a salesman in that store, and he made an arrangement and he took it to uh, to Louisville. And uh, yeah. a very, it's a very unique diamond. Oh, it's very unique, and they uh, uh, they took it to a jeweler up there, and uh, and the rest, is, as they say, is is history. But uh, my goodness, uh, we could almost go all day with the stuff that the stuff that I remember from Russell County, and uh, if I could pull back the stuff that I've forgotten, well, we could good go. Good thing, the next uh, day. Coe's is still in business, and they're still serving fish. 
okay, well, I'd like to be able to drop by there today. But uh, so many places down there and uh, that uh, that come back to me, and I love going through the county. They, they've changed sometimes. Sometimes they change the, uh, the 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 roads enough that it confuses me just for a while when I'm going through. The last time I went through there, as we went out of um, as we went out of Russell Springs, back up where the interchange is up there i got tickled and i said uh somebody said why are you laughing i said i remember uh a number of summers ago coming through here and i had to slam the brakes on and get over into the emergency lane right here because i realized that there was a bumblebee in the car with me (laughs) in the truck (laughs) you know he, he made about two three circles around me and uh so I have some great, I have some great memories uh, from Russell Springs, and uh, always look forward to coming down. Uh, and and as I said, I used to listen to the station all the time when I was when I was coming through. Uh, so it's good to be on with. I you remember guys. you calling me a few times, as Jeff had mentioned earlier. Uh, you, you know, with some of the things, uh, the trading post back in its heyday, we had some characters on there. Oh my goodness! Uh, the Trading Post shows were were terrific, and and one of my uh, sons, I have three sons and a daughter. Uh, one of my sons became a disc jockey, in um, in he started when he was fourteen on the air. I had to drive him to work because he he couldn't get there uh, at a little station over here in Eminence. And I remember when they put him on the Trading Post for the first time. He wasn't used to that, and somebody from Henry County called and said, I've got an acre and two tents for sale, uh, so-and-so, so much money, and gave the phone number. And my son was reading. He had a voice that sounded like he was 20 years old, but he was just 14. He was reading. He said, all right, we got a Henry County here, a man with an acre and two tents for sale. He said, you can buy that acre and set your tents up and sleep on it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> An acre and two tents. <laughs> we you would learn. Say, yeah, you oh, learn. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was on. Uh, Jeff, you really appreciate this. He was on the air one day, and he he was doing all right on that little station. And uh, they had a first class engineer. Uh, that's that's the engineer that really looks into the works, as we know. Uh, but he only dropped by yeah. ever so often, you know. Uh, he, he he had several stations. He dropped by this little station every several weeks or something. And he went in, checked the transmitters and the readings and everything. He came in, and Joe was on the air playing his records. And the guy said, <clears throat> Joe said, how's everything going? And he said, well, from the best I can see, we're off the air. And Joe jumped back, and he said, we're off? He said, how long have we been off? The guy said, best I can tell since October. <laughs> <laughs> I love radio. I love radio stories, don't you? Oh my! Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you could you could take uh, several hours and tell just good, funny radio funny stories. Radio story. Oh my goodness, yeah. And I've I've uh, a lot of them have happened to me, and I was the I was the victim of them. Put it that way. But uh, Byron, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, our time, time draweth nigh, as they say. Well, I hope it's been uh, fun. It has been for me, uh, and I want to tell the people listening out there. We've uh, enjoyed especially it those very who, much. Those who've helped me when I was in in Russell County, and those people I know down there from times past. It's it's been a real good trip with uh, all of you all. Well, Byron, thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing some of your stories. And we appreciate you and what you've meant to life in Kentucky. It wouldn't be the same without Byron Crawford. And we appreciate you very much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks much. We'll see you. All right. Take care, my friend. Yes, sir. That's Byron Crawford, uh, guest here on All Things Russell this morning. Great time. 
A lot of great stories, Tony. Lots of fun. And uh, we've got some things coming up. We're going to have some more fun uh, here in the uh, few weeks ahead. And if anybody's got any ideas, let us know. We've gotten some great uh, response uh, here recently. And if you got anything you think would be a great topic about Russell County, past, present, future, give us a, give us a shout. That's going to do it uh, for our program this morning. Our thanks once again to our friend Byron Crawford and uh, being our guest. For Tony Kerr, I'm Jeff Hoover. This is All Things Russell on WJRS Jamestown, Russell Springs, Kentucky.